0: And on this week's show, we have an interview with Nigeria and Watford forward Emmanuel Dennis. Dennis talks about how his season has been and what it's like being one of five Nigerian players at Watford. Because you can speak like uh, the Pigeon English between yourselves, you know,
1: you can eat a jollof rice, (laughs) you know, you just have fun, you know, so it's good.
0: That's coming later. Also, we look at Didier Drogba's failed bid to become president of the Ivory Coast Football Federation. And Stuart looks at the task ahead for Eric Ten Hag when he becomes Manchester United manager. Lots on the show today, and let's start with the CAF Champions League. And after some gripping quarterfinal games, the semi-final line-up for the Champions League is Al Atli of Egypt against Entente Setif of Algeria and Petro Atletico of Angola taking on Widad Casablanca of Morocco. Uh, the first legs of the semi-finals are on next weekend. Well, al Athley got a draw in a tenth second leg away to Raja Casablanca in front of a massive crowd in Morocco. And in a huge shock, Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa were knocked out by Petro Atletico, who held Sundowns to a 1-1 draw in South Africa to win 3-2 on aggregate. Sundowns dominating that game and missing a penalty, and they were the best team in the group stage, beating al Athley home and away, Ida.
2: Right, Steve, on the way to going unbeaten in the group stage. So naturally, you know, many had pinned their hopes on the sundowns going all the way. And yes, this was quite the shock. Add to that the fact that Petro had also somewhat raised doubts over their own defense, you know, after that 5-1 drubbing at the hands of Morocco's Widat Casablanca. Though, you know, it can be argued that both teams had already secured their passage into the knockout round. So Petro took their feet off the brakes, I will say, but it still wasn't the best look. So yes, Masanda Wanna with a painful exit and while I'm sure a record extending fifth consecutive league title, Steve, went some way to wipe the tears, it frankly just isn't the same. I mean, it's the equivalent of, say, a PSG situation in Europe, you know, where they've almost now gotten used to the domestic success and they have been looking to conquer the next challenge. So yes, this was one of those situations, you know, that showed that, look, sometimes how you start isn't how you finish, you know. It's a first semi-final appearance in 21 years for the Angolan side, and I'm sure that they're going to soak it in for everything that it's worth. Though, as they've put it, their work is definitely not done yet. I mean, they face Widad, as you've mentioned, and the two are familiar, And we're in the same group as we've talked about. But Petro will need to put their game face on for this one, Steve. As for Al-Ali, what can I say? Well, still on record for a monumental achievement, back-to-back-to-back crowns. Though, they will have to improve on their penalty taking. Steve, as we often say, the game of penalties is one of luck. And it could just have been a run of bad luck, but missing penalties two games in a row, well, at least to me, that should be cause for concern. And especially with the final being a one-legged affair, if they do get there. Penalties, Steve, as we've seen a couple of times this year already, have been the deciding factor between a trophy and not. And just quickly touching on the CAF Confederation Cup. Interesting, Steve, very interesting that Orlando Pirates made it through to the semis after the drama with Simba in Tanzania that we discussed last week. So I think all round, some pretty interesting fixtures ahead.
0: Yes, and the first legs of the semifinals of the CAF Champions League are on next weekend. Now, Didier Drogba failed to become the president of Ivory Coast Football Federation in last weekend's delayed elections. We talked about Drogba's bid on the show last year, and disputes over the eligibility of certain candidates, including Drogba, was one of the reasons for the elections being postponed several times. Well, former Chelsea striker Drogba went out in the first round of voting and Yassine Idris Diallo went on to win. Last December, Samuel Eto became president of Cameroon's FA, but another of Africa's greatest ever players in Drogba hasn't made it in Ivory Coast either. Steve, it was a week of mixed feelings for Didier Drogba. I mean, on one hand,
2: he was inducted into the English Premier League Hall of Fame, On the other, it was a massive blowout in the polls, you know, with the other two candidates pretty much getting more than double his tally. And with this situation, it's been a case of different faces, if you will. I mean, one is the face of public opinion. And we all know how big Drogba's fandom was, is, pretty much always will be in the Ivory Coast. But with that said, you know, those within the Ivorian football community, you know, those with the real power locally, well, they just don't share in the same sentiment. However, it is said that Drogba is quite popular with the global football powers that be. And that FIFA dissolving the football federation in the Ivory Coast is actually what allowed Drogba, you know, to be able to stand uh, and vie despite earlier challenges. Steve, the 44-year-old has been accused of not being as immersed as he should be in local football matters and instead, you know, just coming out when seeking for votes. And situations like the latest one, where Drogba supposedly pulled out of a live TV debate with the other two candidates, ours Steve, just before it was due to be aired on TV, doesn't paint a good picture. Now, Ivory Coast hosts next year's Africa Cup of Nations final, And it will be important that the country's football be as stable as possible by then. Now, is there a role that Drogba can play or will play at the showpiece? We'll just have to wait and see on that one.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, to our interview with Nigeria and Watford forward Emmanuel Dennis. Now, although Watford looked likely to be relegated, Dennis has been one of the big surprise packages in the English Premier League this season, with ten goals and six assists. Last November, Dennis became only the sixth player in Premier League history to reach both five goals and five assists in 12 or fewer games. Well, Dennis is 24. He was with Club Bruges in Belgium and had a short spell in Germany before moving to Watford. And his career in Europe started in Ukraine with Zoria Luhansk. Planet Sport Football Africa's Oloashina Okaleji spoke to Dennis first on how things have been at Watford. I mean, uh, it's going good, maybe
1: because I'm happy, but uh, I thank for the season. It's going really good, but uh, I just need to keep... Training hard and keep the focus, and perhaps like ended in a very good way. Have
3: you found um, working under a manager like Roy Hodgson? Of course, he's not your first manager at um, what for the club that loves to change their manager. Um, what kind of a manager is he?
1: I mean, he's an experienced guy, so he's just like a little bit old school, you know, likes hard working, you know, to push yourself to the limit. I mean, But from that, he's a nice guy, you know, so we just, like, uh, getting to know him better every training and every game, so... And the players just, like, okay, sticking to his style of football, like, hard work, and uh, at the end of the day, and we see how we end the season.
3: What do you make of um, Watford's um, survival prospects in the Premier League, considering how challenging it is for you this,
1: this season? I mean, it's football, you know, in football, you can expect anything and everything, so... I mean, uh, we just have to keep believing and, uh, keep pushing and, uh, we see what's gonna happen at the end of the day. I mean, there's big chances that we can stay. So there's a lot of games and, uh, I mean, the, the chances are open. So it's just for us, the team, to believe, to stick together and then to push and then we see what happens at the end.
3: They so said you guys have the Nigerian on it at Watford because, I mean, you have you, a table, a Samuel Kalu, it's like a whole Nigerian Nigerian community uh
1: inside the um Watford. So you guys don't be buzzing. I mean, it's not much. It's just only five players. <laughs> Imagine if it was like nine or ten. I mean it's just you know, yeah, it's there's a lot of Nigerians in Watford. I don't think there's ever been many Nigerian players in one, one team, team in the in Premier the League. Team. So that's what I mean, the fans they love it like so I mean it's good, you know, just having fun is easy to communicate because you can speak like uh, the pidgin English between yourselves you know you can eat your jollof rice (laughs) you know you just have fun you know so it's good how many
3: Watford fans or people have been asking you for the Nigerian shirt now that you are with Nigeria
1: oh (laughs) many 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 but it's the jersey is just going everywhere I mean, everyone likes the jersey, so it's just like a bare messages like, yeah, can I get one? Can you bring me this? Can you, this, 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 this? I just say, okay, 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 okay. At the end of the day, nobody's gonna get anything. <laughs> so it's funny. We've seen your Instagram, you like your clothes. Are you the most fashionable guy at Watford? And who's got the worst taste at the club? Uh, I don't know, it's just, I just do my style, I just dress. At uh, the worst in Watford, I'll probably say, uh, Musashi Soko. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Why is he that bad?
1: <laughs> he's funny. He's, I don't, his dressing sense is just like, he's so funny. You know, because he's a so matured guy, you know, he's a really matured person. They don't really care about what they dress. They just put the jeans on, put the red bottom on, like a bowman jacket, you know. But I mean, like, I'm a young guy, so the the style is different. It's, I'm all on, on, like, street ways. You see so I mean he's just he I just find his style so funny yeah I, I'll say Musa
3: <laughs> as a youngster, you dreamed of becoming a priest why and what happened to that dream
1: is it something you'd like to pursue after football one day you know uh, growing up in the barracks you know from a Christian family re- religious family we go to the church every morning you know priests you see them as a kid you admire them so I was just like I was admiring them while growing up it's like ah oh, I'm going to Become a priest. I was so into it because you know, growing up, I would go to church every day. So our time kept going on, on and on. You know, sometimes we want to do some other stuff and then it's not what the life is gonna offer you. So changes, you know, change of environment, and then you see. And then I just started playing football, going to school, and then everything just changed. Do you still read the Bible? And is there a favorite verse in the Bible you like? Of course, I still read the Bible. I just have like few verses am my boy i read the bible trust me you don't want me to start what
3: was it like moving from nigeria to ukraine with zoria luhansk what did you find was the hardest thing to deal with there?
1: uh i mean it was uh you know the weather was cold yeah but other than that it was nice guys in the team the coach was not the coach from fc sheriff the same coach that beat Rey madrid yeah. in Would the you- Bernabeu. Oh. yeah so he was my first coach and he was he was really a nice guy, nice person. So he always like, you know, I was hard working, he really liked me, he gave me the opportunity I needed, the chance to show myself mm-hmm. and then I played I think it was a couple months I played and scored a couple goals. He gave me like uh you know, the confidence, helped me a lot and then I went to Club Bridge
3: you you still follow events and what's happening in ukraine now you must be devastated knowing that this was a country that gave you your first chance as a professional football
1: yeah i mean i've like you know some i'm never gonna forget a country because I, I had like crazy experience there and it's just like i'm not just happy because a lot of my friends are there so and it's just something like crazy i don't want to talk about it because it's just like doesn't make sense you see but I just wish everyone that's there safe, you know, and that's it, bro. Finally, what are your immediate dreams in football for this summer and beyond? Is there a club you'd love to play for one day? I don't know, because my sister, my brothers, they all, I like, think that ah I, I, I want you to play in this team. I'm not going to say the name, though. I want <laughs> you to play in this team, in this team. But me, mm. as a person, as a player, to play for a team that I really like to play, I don't want to say the name. I don't want to say the name. But you have ambitions. You <laughs> yeah, have of ambitions. Course, of course, of course. Uh, yeah, I have ambitions, but we we'll see you at the end of
0: the day. Well, that's a Nigeria and Watford forward Emmanuel Dennis and he's done so well this season, Ida, uh, but the Hornets are not likely to survive. So uh, that's a big question there at the end, isn't it?
2: Well, he is an ambitious man as you've heard. <laughs> And I'm sure that save for his good manners there, he does have a solid plan laid out. The big rumors, of course, is Unai Emery is said to be interested in the Nigerian and he has sent scouts out on several occasions to watch him. Now, the Villarreal coach is said to be attracted by Dennis's versatility, you know, that he can be used as a center forward, can be used on the flanks as well. Dennis moved for just £3 million to Watford, but he's been so good at Vicarage Road that he's now valued at well over six times that. He's enjoying an impressive debut season. I mean, 10 goals, 6 assists in 31 Premier League games. And I'm sure that he will want this traction to continue and not in the championship, Steve.
0: Well, thanks, Ida. And this week on social media, we're asking for your thoughts on which club do you think Emmanuel Dennis should join? Uh, so we heard there in that interview that there is a certain club that he would love to play for. Uh, he's not revealing anything right now, uh, but with Watford looking likely to be relegated, which club will be best for Emmanuel Dennis next season and why? You can post a comment on our Facebook page that's Planet Sport Football Africa or send us a WhatsApp to plus +447955232780 that's plus +447955232780 which club do you think Emmanuel Dennis should be with next season well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, and still to come, Stuart, on the English Premier League and the Champions League with that incredible game between Manchester City and Real Madrid. You can follow us on Twitter, at Planet Sport FA, and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime time, and access past programmes in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Or to social media now, and last week we asked her, what do you think about Liverpool's support for Cristiano Ronaldo? Ronaldo thanked the Liverpool fans after they stood and applauded in tribute in the seventh minute of Manchester United's recent game at Anfield, this after the tragic passing of his newborn son. One world, one sport, one global family. Thanks, Anfield, Ronaldo said on Instagram, adding, me and my family will never forget this moment of respect and compassion. So we asked, what do you think about what the Liverpool fans did? Here's Planet Sport Football Africa's Ash Tikiwa. Thanks, Steve. We start in Cameroon,
5: and Nixon says, what Liverpool fans did was absolutely incredible to the bereaved family and to sports at large. They showed love, mutual respect, and courage to Cristiano Ronaldo, added Nixon. Paul Langji Tata says this was using football to show love, not as a war weapon. I hope we learn from Liverpool, including FIFA. Thank you, the Reds. Mading, big brother in South Sudan, got in touch and said, Liverpool fans were amazing. They deserved appreciation. Ekule Derek says that's humanity at its peak. We are one and we should stand for one another. And Sadiq Gershon says great respect for Ronaldo. And Kidi Randy in Cameroon says that the respect that was shown there must be given to each and every one. And Emmanuel Kazungu says the Liverpool fans showed respect of the highest order. Bolong Baji in the Gambia says it was a great act of solidarity to help Ronaldo in his sorrows. On a lighter note, Prince D O Aretola in Nigeria says it was a great gesture, but a pounding of 4-0 followed for Man United. And Simon Koke in Uganda also said, but they ended up beating Man United 4-0 and jacob samuel added they should have given united at least a point as a sign of respect on another note otunta madu okoi in nigeria says but chelsea as a family are suffering for what they know nothing about hashtag stop the bias, hashtag football not war yes as chelsea are looking for new owners following sanctions on roman abramovich now to more comments on Liverpool fans, Emmanuel Kazungu says the Liverpool fans showed respect of the highest order. And Anthony Michael says injury to one is injury to another in football. And finally, Ashenafi Pesea in Ethiopia says it was great empathy and sportsmanship by the Liverpool fans. They were saying, Cristiano, it's not only our team, but you also will never walk alone in your loss. We are with you. We stand with you. Bravo, Liverpool fans, says Asher Nafi. So lots of kind words there, Steve,
0: for what was surely a powerful gesture from Liverpool fans. Well, it really was, and it uh, showed uh, something about the power of sport. Thanks, Ash. That's a Planet Sport Football Africa's Ash Tikiwa. Thanks to everybody who got in touch with us. Well, let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK now, and Jurgen Klopp has agreed a two-year contract extension as Liverpool manager, uh, committing him to the club until 2026. And still with the Reds, in the UEFA Champions League, Liverpool and Senegal forward Sanjo Mane has become the joint highest-scoring African ever in the knockout phase of the Champions League, uh, joining Didier Drogba on 14 goals. Uh, but Stuart, let's start with that incredible game on Tuesday night, the semi final first leg between Manchester City and Real Madrid. Well yes, with
4: Manchester City and Liverpool both winning the first leg of their Champions League semi-finals, the prospect of that all-English final remains very real. Liverpool's dream of four trophies, Manchester City's dream of league and Champions League all remain intact. But yes, what a game between Manchester City and Real Madrid. One of the greatest games of football I've ever seen. Now, with the riches at his disposal, the first issue was which players would Pep Guardiola choose and who would he leave out? Well, he started with Riad Mahrez, Gabriel Jesus and Phil Foden, leaving Rahim Sterling and Jack Grealish on the bench. Sterling came on only for seven minutes. Grealish was not needed at all. Only two minutes gone and Mahrez tricky run resulted in a cross to the far post for De Bruyne to opening the score rate. You know, De Bruyne doesn't win around. That's the fifth time this season he's scored in the first five minutes of a game. City were two up after 11 minutes. Could have been four up by half-time, but Karim Benjamin scored with, well, I could hardly even call it half a chance, but he was there and he scored. 3-1 to City, 3-2, 4-2 ahead with 15 minutes to go, then a penalty to Real Madrid for handball. Benzema, who else, stepped up, waited for Ederson to commit himself before dinking a panenka into the empty net. You know, it's funny to compare Benzema's confident, skilful strike with Bruno Fernandes from Manchester United stuttering, prancing, jumping and fluffing his lines against Arsenal. Now, Real Madrid are coached by Carlo Ancelotti, a remarkable man who himself is on the brink of a very interesting statistic. He has won the league title in four countries in Europe. AC Milan for Serie A, then Chelsea in the Premier League, PSG in France, Bayern Munich in Germany, and with Real Madrid 15 points clear at the top, he's about to make it five league titles in five different countries. Manchester City a goal up, but Real Madrid with home advantage for next week's second leg leaves the tie really enticingly balanced. liverpool Villa real game was much less open, nil-nil at half-time, then a deflection, followed by a goal by Sergio Mani, which I thought could easily have been given offside. It was so marginal. And that should be enough for Liverpool for the second leg. But... Before next week's second leg, both clubs are involved in Premier League games, which, of course, are so important at the moment. Liverpool, having played Wednesday, are away to Newcastle on Saturday lunchtime, whereas Manchester City, having played on Tuesday, have an evening kick-off on Saturday at Leeds, giving them an extra day's rest. You know, timing like that could have an impact on the outcomes of the Premier League.
0: Yes, yeah, so uh, exciting times uh, for fans of Liverpool and of Manchester City. Uh, frustrating for Man United fans who are looking forward already to next season, Stuart, with Eric Ten Hag, uh, the Dutchman, taking over. Uh, what's the task uh, that lies ahead for him? Well, yes, uh, let's first of all just confirm that he has been announced as the new
4: manager of Manchester United. As a player, he played 300 games as a defender in the Dutch league, including winning the league championship. As a coach, he worked under Pep Guardiola at Bayern Munich, then was appointed to Utrecht back in the Netherlands, and since 2017 he's been the head coach at Ajax. During that time, Ajax have won the Dutch League twice, the Cup twice, and in 2019 he took Ajax to the semi-final of the Champions League, beating Real Madrid and Juventus, only losing to Tottenham on away goals. He said... To be appointed Manchester United manager was a great honour and he was hugely excited. And of course, he is the eighth manager since Sir Alex Ferguson left in 2013. David Moyes, Ryan Giggs, Louis Van Hal, Josie Mourinho, Oli Gunnar Solshaw, Michael Carrick and Ralph Raniak. And you know, after last week's defeat at Liverpool, Ralph Raniak said that he thought Manchester United needed at least ten new players. ...to be a successful team. And also suggested that it could take six years... ...to turn the current Manchester United structure and players... ...into Premier League champions. Ten Hag will have his work cut out to restore them to the former status. But don't forget that Alex Ferguson first won the league... ...for Manchester United in his seventh season. Actually, somebody said, Steve, that Ten Hag is a very appropriate manager because it will remind Manchester United that it's 10 years since they were last champions. But, you know, following up what Ranjik said, there do seem to be problems everywhere in the Manchester United team. They've got 10 international defenders, yet are not able to produce a solid back four from any of them. Pogba will leave in the summer. Bruno Fernandes has just signed a new contract at approximately $300,000 a week. But He's struggling. One writer wrote of him this week that he's all silly Hollywood passes, lapses of concentration, bad positioning, loses possession, whines, moans and commits petulant fouls. Hmm. At up front, we've got Ronaldo. He is excellent, but he is 37. Marcus Rashford seems to have lost all form and confidence. Mason Greenwood, uh, still under investigation, uh, may never play for the club again. Erlange looks good, but very inexperienced. Ten Hag just can't come soon enough, but what a big job he's got ahead of him.
0: Yeah, very good point that it uh, took uh, Sir Alex Ferguson seven seasons. I wonder if the uh, fans now still have that uh, kind of patience. Uh, We'll see. And uh, what else have you got for us, Stuart? I don't know if you noticed, Steve, that Deepak
4: Origi scored Liverpool's second goal against Everton at the weekend. Born in Belgium when his Kenyan father was playing professionally in Belgium, Origi has been at Liverpool for seven years but has struggled for game time. This season he's not started a single Premier League game. But he has this amazing habit of scoring in the Liverpool derby. Last weekend was the sixth goal he scored in nine games against Everton. He's also scored really valuable Champions League goals – Two against Barcelona in the semi-final a year or two ago and one in the final as Liverpool beat Tottenham in 2019. And Steve, you will remember David Fertloff, known as super sub. Well, Fertloff scored seven goals from the bench for Liverpool in the 1970s and 80s and Origi has scored 11 off the bench. In fact, after the Everton game, Jürgen Klopp said he's a fantastic footballer and the best finisher in the club. His problem is that he's competing for starting time with Mo Sadgiomani, Roberto Firmino, Diego Jota and Luis Diaz. We understand he's likely to leave Liverpool at the end of the season. Now, Manchester City beat Watford 5-1 last weekend with Gabriel Jesus scoring four goals in the first 53 minutes which is the fastest four goals since Gary Lineker in 1991 for Tottenham. And De Bruyne was a creator of some of his goals. And incredibly, De Bruyne has had nine assists for Premier League goals against Watford. Probably wishes he could play Watford every week. And now, what about Burnley? Successive wins over Southampton and Wolves have moved Burnley out of the bottom three for the first time in 176 days. Caretaker manager Mike Jackson seems to find a way of making the team win, and on Saturday they are away to Watford, a very winnable game, and with Everton losing at Liverpool and playing Chelsea at the weekend, Burnley you know, potentially could move five points above Everton.
0: Well, it could be a great escape for Burnley, but it would be a shock if Everton end up getting relegated. So Manchester City playing away to Leeds and Liverpool away to Newcastle. Both those games on Saturday, Chelsea away to Everton on Sunday. And in the battle for fourth place on Sunday, Tottenham against Leicester and Arsenal playing away to West Ham. An exciting time in the English Premier League. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers and Ash Tikiwa in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.